0: You can't get there from here, okay? This is the June series, okay? Um, and so your preaching team uh, this month um, is going to be exploring this whole concept behind uh, legalism being a trap, okay? And, as, and, and you know, in the spirit of grace and law, I'm going to break the seventh commandment and steal right out of the Pastor day's thoughts here, uh, you know, the direction for the month here. Okay, And so the, it's the idea that, you know, that legalism is a trap in, in context to the following. Legalism comes from believing that doing the right thing makes God give you favor. It considers our worth as somehow tied up in our work, so at its core it is an identity issue. The question is, how do people who know they are already saved in love behave? You can't get the freedom from foundation of legalism. You can't get there from here. Okay? And so this morning, our launch pad is going to be out of the book of Galatians. This is where we're going to be spending some time in, is a lot of time. And I, I imagine this series will be, our launch pad will be the book of Galatians. Okay? So today, we're going to launch with today's message. With my particular part in this conversation... Is this whole idea behind, um, you know, the law being a curse. And, you know, let's so all open up with, this is a, in Galatians 3.10. But those who depend upon the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scripture says, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. And thus, the title for this morning's message is, Walking under the curse or trusting the story? More particularly, trusting his story. Okay, so before we get going here, let's just, uh I'm just going to invite God here. Yes. Father, thank you so much for your grace and love in our lives, Father God, in Jesus' name. And I ask, Father God, you would... Just take this somewhat, sometimes bumbling preacher and let your word, Father God, permeate hearts this morning. As we talk about your grace and we talk about how we walk in freedom, and I pray, Father God, for your spirit. I thank you for the spirit of Jesus, Father God, this morning, would just permeate our hearts and minds. Help me, God, because I I, I walk, I, I know sometimes I can walk in legalism about trying to to win your favor by what I do or what I don't do. So help us explore this. Unwrap this. Father, just let it be a gift to us this morning as you unravel your word to us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. So as I say, we're going to launch out of Galatians. Now, in Paul's letters to, just a little backdrop, in Paul's letters to the epistles, a lot of times he's talking to Colossians, he's talking to the Corinthians, he's talking to you know, the church of Thess- Thessalonica, um, Corinthians. A lot of times he opens up with kind of like a warm, you know, fuzzy greeting. You know, you see this, oh, I, I, I so thank God for you when I hear about your faithfulness, uh, the good deeds you do. I, oh, I thank God how you're treating the poor. I thank God for your faith and how you're loving one another. Hearing all these great reports about you. Give, you know, so-and-so a holy kiss. Give so-and-so a hug. And it's just very nice and warm, fuzzy feeling. But not so with Galatians. Paul is mad. Paul is pissed. The King James Version, pissed death. And so, and you can see there's there's an anger. He says, Galatians 1, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let, well, here's this is strong language. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us or even an angel from heaven, who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preached you. I say again, what we have said before if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you've welcomed, let that person be cursed. Wow. And kind of in the message translation, when you read it, he kind of refers to them as traitors. And then, you, and then you bump down to Galatians uh, chapter three, it opens what, oh foolish girl Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? And I, I haven't found this in the U version Bible yet, but it's the Bob version. You naughty, naughty, naughty Galatians. So here's the problem. So Paul is dressing, addressing you know, uh, 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 what we, we call in um, the Greek, a group of people called Theosabos, which simp- simply means God-fearing Gentiles. And the issue is, is that we have a group of, of Christians who are also trying to add to their belief the newfound freedom in Christ, but they want to add in And they want to, at this time, convert to Judaism they want in they want a seat at the table they want to convert and of course the men would you know subscribe to circumcision snip 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 why well there's some good logical reasons actually because you know the 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 church in Galatia was under a lot of persecution twofold First of all, because of the newfound freedom in Christ, there was a lot of religious persecution from, you know, the the Judean sector itself. Secondfold, when the Romans came to town and saying, hey, you know, by the sword, worship Caesar, they couldn't do that either, so they're persecuted in that manner. But there was this thing known as the Jewish exception. And it was a deal that was made between Herod the Great and Caesar Augustus, whereas, you know, it was kind of a play on words. You know, Herod was saying, look, if you come to town, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, you know, the the Jews are not going to worship you. You're you're just going to have a whole bunch of unrest. So maybe let's make a little compromise and we'll say, we'll offer sacrifices for you, but not to you. And so then you have the Gentiles or the the Galatians, the Theosabes, they want in on this deal to come underneath that covering. But Paul's upset. He's saying, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't. Now, Paul... Paul's a Jew himself. It's not that he's you know, trying to call you know, Judaism evil or something because he's, he's still observing. He, even, even his found freedom, he's still you know, wearing tassels and going to festivals and the temple. But he's saying, don't, don't do it. Understand where you are. You're in Galatia. You foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ have evidently set forth crucified among you. So you you, you foolish Galatians, other translations, crazy, stupid, have you lost your minds? So it's kind of a cultural play on words here. Because the Galatians aren't stupid. They're not foolish. They're actually quite well educated. Okay? They're kind of in the backwoods region of the Roman Empire that we may kind of refer to as you know, backwoods, and the you know, people there were kind of, you know, were considered pagan, barbaric, uneducated, uncivilized, and but they were not done. So, kind of in a play on words, it's like he's kind of calling them, them hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, but they're not. So he he's, he's adamantly telling, what What are you doing? Why are you trying to circumvent your freedom? And the truth of the gospel of Christ. So, and there's a very important reason here, because they, they're going underneath, it, going under this persecution. He does not want them to be in vain, but they're in Galatia, and he wants their lives to be a walking billboard for those around them, for the people who have not yet heard the good news of Jesus Christ, this gospel. And so he's adamant, he's upset, because because what he is really trying to explain is the gospel is a gospel of inclusion. Now, you remember when when he talked, my last message, you know, uh, when uh, Matthew was talking to the Jews, you know, kind of his message to them, hey, you think you're in, but you may not be in, you're in danger of not being. And, And Paul's message to the Gentiles is, hey, you think you're out, but now you're in. Because there's a new king and a kingdom in town. And so he, he, he's upset. So let's talk about this curse. So what Paul, you know, he, and he's so, he's talking to Gentiles, but these are very educated, and they really understand the Jewish lingo. You know, they understand the, you know, the Jewish argument. So he's about to use a Jewish argument, kind of turn the tables on him. Okay, And so the curse he's talking about refers back to Deuteronomy chapter 27. And and kind of, if I can try and paint a picture for you, Moses, the the, the God's people, the Israelites, are getting ready to take that, come into the land, come into their promise, and God, or Moses, divides up the Israelites into two camps. And one he puts on Mount Gerizim, and the other, Mount Ebal. And kind of, if I can just kind of in layman's terms, what's happening is you have with the people on Mount Ebal, they're yelling across, and they're saying, obey the commandments. Don't, don't, you know, you shall have no other idols. You know, you shall worship the Lord your God. You shall not steal. You shall not murder. And the job of the, the people on the other Mount, Mount Ebal, they echo back. Yes, we agree. We will not do these things. We will not, you know, uh, worship other idols. We will not. We worship the Lord God our only. We shall not murder. And, get this, they tag on, and if we disobey this, if we break these laws, let us be cursed. Wow. What a heavy way to live! Yeah. What a way to live, you know, spending your lives under this dark cloud, trying to live the perfect life. Yeah. Uh, can I have somebody? I just would, really could use a little bit of water. If somebody, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Jake. Starting to lose my voice a little bit. Okay, so. Here we go. Nobody else versed in Jewish custom, Jewish law, more than Apostle Paul. And he's getting ready to build his argument about, under the curse, about legalism. Thank you so much. God bless you. And his argument's this. You can't be justified. Or in layman's terms, I'm going to try and stay away from the, you know, the kind of the religious language. Or be okay with God by following a system of rules. His arguments are based on how God viewed Abraham back in Genesis chapter 15 when God told Abraham, Look, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you and your descendants. And his seed shall bless in the future. All nations of the earth shall be blessed for you, by you. Meaning the seed meaning Christ. And, the, and, and his argument is, look, it's not about circumcision because circumcision doesn't happen until another chapter, two chapters later. And it's not about the law. It's not about the rule book. The rule book didn't come for another four or 500 years after this. He's, justified because, you know, God said, I'm going to do this. And Abraham goes, that's awesome. I believe you. I trust the story. I trust your story. Thank you. And God reckoned that unto Adam as righteousness. He was okay with God because of belief. Now, um you know, circumcision being the mark of the covenant, and, you know, I mentioned that, you know, the the law happened 400 years. So once again, we talk about Paul's gospel. And once again, here's his argument. The gospel began actually in Genesis chapter 15. The walk of faith, the walk of believing, the walk of trust began there. It It culminated in Christ on the cross, And his dying and his resurrection. That's where the culmination of the gospel began was was that and the belief. And and the Bible tells us that anybody who dies on the cross is what? Cursed. And so Jesus took, I'm going to use this term here. I want you to try and, you know, when we say the curse of the law, I like to think of it as a faulty way of thinking. Jesus took that faulty way of thinking unto himself, took it down, came back, resurrected the promise of the God, promise of the gospel fulfilled. Faulty way of thinking. So we have two halves. You know, faulty way of thinking or trusting the story. Legalism, faulty way of thinking. Faith, Trusting the story. I say it again: legalism, faulty way of thinking, faith, trusting the story. So Paul, so Paul, saying to him, Look, it's not about checking off boxes and obeying me all the rules. Check, check, check. It's not about the circumcision thing. Snip, snip, snip. It's about trust. So then, then he goes on to explain. You know, so why the law then? And, and in C three church are we, you know, so why why rules? Why regulations? Does that mean we are free now? Now now Scott and Robbie and you know Tony and I can go out now and have a beer pong fest and go get wasted and post pictures of ourselves on Facebook and go freedom. No, we can't do that. That's not what we're talking about. But the law. So Paul continues to talk about the law. And here we go. Pick it up in Galatians uh, chapter chapter 3.23. Listen to this. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right through, through, through God through faith. And now the way of faith has come and we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ and all have been united in Christ. So when he speaks of the law, when he speaks of guardian, in the Greek, I'm not sure if I got the right pronunciation, the Greek, it's called the pediogos, kind of a slang term for schoolmaster. It's kind of um, spoken in a connotation when you have a child, and let's say something happens, he loses his parents. But he still, he or she still has an inheritance, and so there's this person, this guardian, the pediogos. Their job was to get them back and forth to school, uh, make sure that you know they, you know, they wanted to spend their, their inheritance. No, you can't do that. You can't do this, and so their job was to safely get them till they're old enough, till their destination. Let me read just a, a kind of a more of a formal. Uh, explanation In the Greek, the was sort of an attendant who took charge of young children. Taught them the rudiments of knowledge, at the suitable age, con, you know, conducted them to, to be free from school. Thus the law was the pediogos of the nation. And at length, conducted them through his types and prophecies to Christ. When a Jew came to believing the knowledge of Christ, this office of the law ceased. So, Lord, just thank you. Perspective on our where we are at today. I just, you know, we've all come from different backgrounds, different, you know, church or church, non-church backgrounds, and you know, I, and, and this is this kind of personal. I think, in some ways, and even in our evangelical, charismatic circles, we still have our check boxes we still have our marks of circumcision that kind of say, yeah, yeah, you kind of agree with us, you're kind of in, but you're not quite in. You understand what I'm saying? And, you know, the thing, thing I like about, this is one thing I like about this church, is I don't think there is a, a kind of a mark that kind of differentiates us from others. Except except for one thing, being circumcised of the heart. That's where we want to be, circumcision of the heart. So the law, you know, the rule book, is it a bad thing? No, absolutely not. Our justice system. Is really predicated that the foundation of our justice system that 's why people go to jail for murdering or for stealing or for cheating that 's why we have you know fair divorce uh, you know proceedings was based on you know the foundation of that law the pediocus the thing that helps us to get from one person one point to the next you know i 'm not a very good bowler' it's kind of what, this this, this, this Illustration might break down a little bit, but I'm going to use it anyways. You know sometimes, how, anybody, anybody who's a horrible bowler here? Okay, yeah. And, and, and you know, you're bowling and sometimes they put up those safety bumper guards. Yeah. You know, because, you, you know, and sometimes I, it's almost as if the law is helping with that. As we're going from here to faith, we're going, oh... I guess I better not lie on my taxes. Ooh, I better not sleep with and So, ooh, I guess I better not you know kill somebody. It's kind of keep. It's kind of, it's kind of keeping you. Now sometimes the illustration breaks down because sometimes you can fall into the gutter, but that's where grace. That's where trusting the story comes back. Yeah, I screwed up, God. Yeah, that was not good. But I trust the story. I trust your story of what Jesus has done for me. That's the... that I'm not going to subscribe to the faulty way of thinking. I'm not going to subscribe to legalism. I'm going to subscribe to faith. I'm going to subscribe to your story. I trust your story. That's the thing about legalism. You know, I... So, I can talk about... You know, this, you know, I just kind of, kind of just share a couple examples in my own life. You know, I remember when I first became a Christian, and I was at YWAM. And man, everything's just so fresh in me. coming, me come to Jesus, everything's just wonderful, and it's absolutely wonderful. And I had a youth pastor coming down to see me. And I was looking so excited to, to talk to him about what God was doing in my life. But the thing is, after six months, I kind of let my hair grow. And he walks into the building, and I'm so excited to see him, He's, and he looks at me. Why did you let your hair grow long? Like, just this real disappointing look. Because that was, a, that was, a, that was, a, that was kind of a mark. In that, in, in, you know, in, in that tradition, in that time of day, that was their kind of a mark. And it just crushed me. And now he would come and come look at me and look at me and go... Where's your hair gone? <laughs> so, uh, here's another one. I was in another life, I was involved in youth ministry, I was involved in children's ministry. You know, and I had to sign this thing that alcohol would not touch my lips. I had to sign this declaration that I would never drink alcohol. Okay? You know, because it was broadly preached from the pulpit that wine is a mocker and I'll make a mockery out of you. And that's true. If you drink the whole bottle, meantime, a hundred kilometers west of Kelowna in Merritt, British Columbia, there's a pastor, my brother, who is and, and think about my brother, he always got in trouble. He always got in trouble as a boy, and he always got in trouble when he was in the ministry. As a boy, he was, you know, set in fires, setting forest fires. You know, one time he got, you know, his mother caught him swearing, and of course she did the proverbial thing where she gave him a, a, a bar of soap and, and told him, you got to eat this. Yeah, and he just, well, that's good. Can I have some more? Get a spanking? Uh, is, is, that, is that it? <laughs> and kind of in the same way, he was in a very, he was in a charismatic realm, but he was in a traditional church. That had their kind of their laws, their own set of laws and their own set of circumcisions, if I can use that speech figuratively. In the meanwhile, you know, a kind of a crisis arrived because he's having he's having Bible studies, men's Bible studies in his backyard. And there's beer. But understand this. Merit. You know, who are the guys there? They're loggers. They're miners. They're truck drivers. They're they're highway patrolmen. They're hydro guys. That was Dave's Galatia. Understand that? That was Dave's Galatia. Not adhering to a bunch of rules and legalism, but wanting to, to but, but seeing a, a group of men that he's trying to reach Jesus for. Here's another one. Really good message on the giving thing. I just want to add something to that. Uh, Here's here's a personal revelation. You know, the Bible says you know that you know we should give each one as you know wants to. You know, for God loves a uh, cheerful giver. And I was praying. You know, and, and I was asking about you know this this thing about you know tithing on the gross or tithing on the net. Does that sound like legalism or trusting the story? Thanks. Okay. Okay. So, I decided to ask God. So, on the behalf of C- City, C3 Church, I asked God that question. You're welcome. I can hear feel the pastors squirming in their seats now. So I asked him because I was doing this meditative kind of imaginative prayer. And in typical Jesus fashion, does not answer my question, but answers it by asking me a question. And Jesus says, You want to play a game? And I go, Okay, you can't say no to God playing a game, right? And he says, You, and me, let's play a game. I said, Okay. So here's the name of the game Who can outgive one another? It was just like the chains of scarcity come freeing off my heart. Because what a game to enter into. A game where I know that I'm going to be out-resourced. There's no way that I can win that game. There's a game I'm so glad that I'm going to enter into and I'm going to lose. Freedom. Is that legalism? Faulty way of thinking? Or faith? Faith. Trusting his story. Oh, I Slip over. The, I've been listening to the, on these podcasts, and this is a kind of a cool story. Uh, this fellow by the name of Marty Solem, he's a, um, a Jewish Christian. And he, um, he, has, a, he has a ministry, uh, Impact Ministries for Christ. And he's, and he's, th- he's talking with his co-host, and um, they're in Montana, and they're talking about this bar in Montana. And one of the specials they have It sounds so good. It's a pint of bacon. Oh, it's just, 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 and so, and so, and so he's asking Marty, he says, because he's Jewish, is are you, are you going to eat that? He says, well, I'm kosher. I'm probably not going to eat the pint of bacon. But let me just change the context a little bit. He said, Let's just say we both came into here and your friend owns a restaurant and he doesn't know anything about my background. He doesn't know that I eat kosher. And he comes, he's so proud and he's being hospitable and he brings me, and he's so proud, he brings me a pint of bacon. He says, you know what? I'm probably going to eat that pint of bacon because love trumps rules. And so you kind of get the spirit of what we're we're trying to talk about it in legalism faulty way of thinking trusting the story so the litmus test how is our freedom in Christ played out remember our opening statement I'm taking this from pastor Dave it says, it says how do believers who know they've been saved and are loved by God behave i'm just going to bring back bring us back to that well here's what Paul has to say about this in Galatians. More Galatians. He says, two different ways of living here. I say, be guided by the Spirit, and you won't carry out your selfish desires. A person's selfish desires are set against the spirit, and the spirit is set against the selfish desires. They're opposed to one another. each other. So if you shouldn't do whatever you want to do, but you are being if you but you be led by the spirit, you aren't under the law. The actions that are produced by selfish motives are obvious since they include, this is the gospel, sexual immorality, moral corruption, doing whatever feels good, idolatry, drug use, casting spells, hate, fighting, obsessing, losing your temper, competitive oppositions, conflict, uh, selfishness, group rivalry, jealousy, drunkenness, partying, all the other things like that. I warn you, uh, to, I, as I've already wo- warned you, that these things, these kind of things are not good. But the fruit of the Spirit, okay, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like when you're walking by the Spirit. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self with the passions and its desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit. Let us not become arrogant make each other angry or jealous of each other. So once again it's not okay and, I, and that's one it's not do's and don'ts. It's about when Christ comes into your life and there's a transformation. The the, the things that are you should do's become I get to's. I get to love my neighbor. I get to say, hey, I'm glad you got the job over me. I get to, I get to, you know, reconcile uh, in my family. I get to do good. I get I get to give. It's, it's a freedom thing. And so that's that's what we're bowling back down to this morning. And 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 I'm gonna kind of close with a quote from Marty. You know, this is a, this is a Jewish Christian. He says, He's talking to Christians. Your freedom from the curse of the law, listen to this, your freedom from the curse of the law, that faulty way of thinking, is essential to the body of Christ putting the gospel on display. You must observe that freedom, celebrate that freedom, but use that freedom well to show the world what God is like. My freedom... Is it for me? Yeah, but really it's for others. My freedom is not for myself. My freedom is for others. And that's what that looks like. So, and you know what? I, I, I kind of had a, you know, I, to be honest with you, it was, it, was, it was kind of a plow to do this thing because I'm realizing all the legalism, all the things I'm trying to do to kind of, you know, even though I say it, kind of make myself right with God. Sometimes it's kind of like Pavlo Christianity. We do something right, and we expect something to pop out. We go, hey, I give this much. You know, Hey, I did this well. You know, and you're waiting for a, you know, kind of that positive response to come. Doesn't matter. You're accepted. you you crisis in your life. You're loved. You're accepted. There's nothing you can do. No hill you can climb. No selfish act you can do that will make you right with God because you are right with God. And that's all done because of what Jesus did. So, Scott, if you just want to come. I'm just going to close in prayer. Okay, let's just, uh, we're just going to close our eyes. I just want to pray. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Father, we come to you this morning, Father God, in the name of Jesus, and we just break right now in Jesus' name that faulty way of thinking. We, if we're if we're walking under that, we're walking the, under the, I, I am not good enough. If we're walking under that I you know or I'm or I'm too good. Father God, we break that faulty way of thinking in Jesus' name. And if anyone is here this morning, and and you, you you're kind of walking your life by a system of check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark. Well, I did this, I did that. That's a faulty way of thinking, and I just want to release you from that in Jesus' name this morning. If that's your kind of faulty way of thinking, sorry, with every uh, you know, eye closed, every head bowed, and you, and you just kind of want me to pray for you about the faulty way of thinking that has permeated your heart over the years, uh, then I'm just going to ask you to just raise your hand. Yes, okay. We we do have a hand. I I just pray in Jesus' name. Father, right now by your spirit, that you would permeate that heart, that mind. And I say freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom from legalism. Freedom to trust the story. Freedom to follow Christ. In Jesus' name right now. I thank you so much, God, for your love in our lives. And God's people said, amen.